This copyrighted podcast of the James Perspective has been paid for and funded by James M. Wilkerson. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this podcast are a permutation and combination of words and sentences used in this podcast without the express written consent of James M. Wilkerson and the James Perspective is strictly prohibited. female voices we have the full conspiracy friday group <laughs> now if anybody tries to say anything good about women charlotte can stop them that's right actually no, you have two women just in their traps yep. finally you know what today's conspiracy is today's conspiracy is there is rumor that somebody actually gives a rat's backside about olympic skating well uh actually that's the closest you've been to being on point that's yeah. well, what today's topic is i might push back a little bit but actually, <laughs> <laughs> i know they get every every context course. of time is what we've got to talk about back when i was a kid everybody would would watch the olympics you know it was a big thing to watch it and they would show this ice skating and i was going like it looks like they're hopping around like a bunch of Kansas City faggots. Just jumping around. Yes. That's a very good point. Well, Wait, what in some cases they may have been, but... Is that from uh, Blazing Saddles? Yes. Blazing Saddles. That's, that's your dad's day. new favorite thing. What the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? I think there was a few colorful metaphors put in there. And things we can't say ever again. Yes, that's yes. not allowed to be said anymore. Uh, like, that's one movie that where, like, I think that the, in The Office, uh, they tried to say at one point that that TV show couldn't be made the same way as it was whenever they first started it. But Blazing Saddles is truly one that could not. You could not make that Literally movie. could not. No, no, you can't. You mm-hmm. can't. No. There's no Don't even way think about in, it. Yeah. In, in, no, just let's just not even talk about it. So, <laughs> but not the Irish. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh God, this is the movie reference we're going with today. Okay, good. Tanya Harding. Oh, now she's Tanya Pro- Tanya Maxine Price. That's her name now. She's been married for a while. Good for her. Um. Is she still married? She was married whenever I, Tanya, came out for like eight years. I think they got divorced. I'm not sure. Oh, no. Wait, wait, wait. I can can easily look this one up. Yeah. Tanya's Um, had somewhat of a troubled uh, romantic history. She's a troubled person. A troubled soul. Uh, let's see. We're going to quote movies, quote them right. No, they're still together. Mm. Thank goodness. I was, I was going to feel really bad about that because they have a, they have a son together. So the guy that she's currently with, they married whenever she was 39. Okay. Wait. in a restaurant, but I thought they got divorced. No. Uh, she gave birth to a son in 2011 and it does not mention a divorce, but like in her last, uh, the last interview that I watched, she seemed extremely happy. 
happy with uh, the man that she was with. Does he does he have any bats? No, but she had a bat. Okay. So that's what I'm kind of interested to kind of like to start this off with is again these are the, like the stories that we're going through are things that y'all lived through, and so that this was that whenever this instance happened, it was in 1994. So I would have been a year old, um, and so y'all would have actually been the ones that would have uh, heard the news about it if you were actually trying to listen. Maybe you're trying to. Well, you listen. had to hear about this. Yeah. It, well, it's right. That's right. right. I've heard of it, right? But I will tell you that Charlotte and I had already begun the process of breaking ourselves from, from that kind of news. And, and Charlotte's quote said, trailer trash. Yes. <laughs> that is... Yes. She, she, well, she did live that. in a trailer. Literally, literally, like, whenever I brought this conversation up to her, one of her first things that she said was trailer trash. So she's kept and, that. And the truest sense of that word, I'm not talking about, I mean. People can live in trailer. No. Like trailer trash, that's true. And you can be trash and not live in trailers. Yes. But if you live I mean, in trailers, then you're trash or trailer trash. She was trash. She I like was, that. She was trailer park trash. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Trailer park boys trash. And I think it, this is one of those situations where I, um, I think it was her environment that molded her. And so whenever you get somebody who breaks from that, because you know it's possible where you can grow up in a, in a really bad like situation um, and surround yourself with people who aren't the best but still come out somehow without turning into trash yourself. But I think that this is one of the very stereotypical times whenever that doesn't happen. Because I would say it's more likely than not that you are to continue that that line. Um, let, let me let me say this. Glenn is absolutely right. There's no way you could have avoided that news. Yeah. It was that big mm-hmm. of a story. Yeah. And that's back when we had three channels. Right. Mm-hmm. And all three of them. PBS. Yeah. Okay. PBS, yeah. That's right. We still had three channels. We had three channels. <laughs> although, although, Sarah, when they came out with PBS on that, and it came out, you had these main channels, one, two, three, four, five, 13. Then he had these, what they call UFA. U, U, VHF. UHF. UHF, yeah. And... That's where they put on. That's where they put on PBS because it was cheap to get that bandwidth, and that's where I got introduced to Monty Python. Ah, well, it was worth it. I'm yep. glad that that was your yeah. your, your situation. Yeah, that was yeah, that was the time. Um, so yeah, that's that's my question. Then is what uh what what do you know about all, right. all of this? I think I think that what I remember is I have to, Harding was the one who had the boyfriend. Right. Yes. All right. So Kerrigan and Harding were competing to see who was the best skater from the United States, really, mm-hmm. to compete in the Olympics. And Harding was having trouble lacing her shoes or something. I'm just going from memory. <laughs> and it, it didn't work all that well. And, and, and Kerrigan did better. And then supposedly the way I heard it was Harding sucker, sicked, his, sicked her boyfriend onto Kerrigan and hit her with a sledgehammer or a bat or something. Police baton. A police baton as she was warming up while practicing one day, and as was, as Kerrigan was practicing, as Kerrigan was practicing, and and then it basically ended the career of Kerrigan. I thought. Well, no. you've got a lot of things out of order there. That James. was very out of order. Mm-hmm. That was extremely out of order, mm-hmm. and like that's why this is why I am interested in hearing y'all's version mm-hmm. of it because. I think that nowadays we're growing up with something very different 
as far as this entire story goes. Well, I had the highlights. Uh, no, you did. You did. You, uh, the shoelaces one is really funny to me because I understand why the shoelaces stuck out to you because that was just a whole ordeal. Um, but that actually happened in the Olympics after everything. But oh, it so was she, still... they both made the Olympics? Yes. 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 They both did. Uh, so, Glenn, they... I feel like Glenn's going to have a lot, like, be better a lot. All right, well, I think we got to go back in the Wayback Machine and we got to set this up a little bit. In 1932. No. <laughs> oh, no, we're going back to Jesse Owens. <laughs> no, we're going, no, we're not going there. No. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about the 80s. And for what whatever reason skating here was here was how figure skating and skating in general worked you had people would get work 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 olympics and remember we split them back then you had a summer and a winter in the same year they split them now they just do it every two years well that that was something was happening about that time so i think it was i think it was the 92 olympics was the last joined olympics and then the reason there was a 94 olympics is that they split it up and said we're doing winter yeah Mm -hmm. and so anyway um so people would work 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 and then they would become these they go to the olympics and they were american and usually especially the female figure skaters were either very cute or they were very uh they're very personable on camera graceful and graceful because dorothy hamill right yeah and that's kind of dorothy hamill renee fleming yeah they fleming is an opera star No, wait, wait, who's the Fleming? Um, Peggy. Peggy, Peggy Fleming. Fleming. Sorry. I'm correcting Charlotte on names. That's crazy. Ramadama Vanderlick. Oh, gosh, I don't have my pad today, ladies and gentlemen, so I can't <laughs> correct James on Vivek Ramaswamy. Anyway, um, so, but what? It, what here's how it worked. You, you get an Olympic medal, and then you become a professional skater, and you go around to these. Holiday on ice. Yeah, holiday mm-hmm. and ice time. And they were big deals. By the way, mm-hmm. I got ice capades. I got a friend. Yeah, ice capades. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was the ice capades, and they would go tour the country, and that's how you, that was the model. And it worked well, according to a lot of the skating community. Um, but it was much bigger deal than you would think it is now. And this is, this was, you know, when there wasn't a lot of. <sighs> media attention the social media kind of thing this was kind of the social media of the time all right so you set that up then comes this incident and i'll let sarah take it up take it over well i um and and i guess the, uh, we can start with it's but yeah you're supposed to be beautiful and graceful and that's not just for your publicity that was for your scoring so the judges if they didn't like your outfit they could take out points if they didn't like your personal life outside of the rink they could take off points they didn't like the way that like the music that you listen to they could take off points so it was a very difficult yeah i mean like yeah yeah like you think about that was that was institutionalized Mm -hmm. that way so so it was known that you're supposed to behave in these certain ways um in fact i guess one of the um like i kind of want to wait until later to do this but i think that it really does show how severe um their judgment was about all this was uh at one point, I think it was in 1991, 
Harding wanted to divorce the guy that she was with, and she was advised, do not do that because it will hurt your scores in figure skating. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, that's how crazy we get. Um, so you have Tanya Maxine Harding. Uh, she's born in Portland, Oregon. Uh, her father was Al Harding and mother Lavana Golden. Um her parents, they were married, but they divorced whenever Tanya turned 16. I think it was uh, 1987 that that happened. In 1987, that was a that was a big time for her. Uh, so um, Harding decides that she wants to start figure skating whenever she's three years old. Apparently, she's very pers- persistent about it. And her mom saw potential in her daughter and said, yep, we're getting you enrolled. Uh, what, what it was was there was an ice skating rink in her mall mm-hmm. and she was three years old and she just got on the ice and was doing quite well yeah. and people noticed she went to the gallery yeah yeah, yeah. the gallery <laughs> kind of thing so she starts she starts ice skating at that age and that's whenever uh her mom hires diane rawlinson which is her coach for the majority of her skating career they hired her i think in 1973 and um she stayed hanya tanya's coach until 1989 for and, and there's a brief moment where she wasn't a coach for a little bit um then, like, but, but because so Tanya was born into a very poor family, her dad worked several different odd jobs. Her mom was a waitress, and according to her mother's side of all of this, she put all of her blood, sweat, and tears into raising Tanya and getting her into figure skating. And she's probably telling the truth. Yeah, she probably was telling yeah, the truth. There's uh, a little bit was, of that was part of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that that had to have been expensive in time. Yes. Yes. Uh, but Tanya explained that whenever she turned about seven years old, it, I guess that probably took a toll on the mother, but that's whenever her mom began mentally and physically abusing Tanya. Uh, and, and somebody explained in a situation that like that they saw publicly that Tanya wasn't landing her jumps during practice and her mom took her to a bathroom and starts hitting her with a hairbrush. And and she got better, didn't she? She did. <laughs> she did get better. But the woman who saw this, she said that she was so appalled that she considered calling DCFS because it was that brutal. Uh, Tanya also explained that at one point her mom threw a knife at her and apparently cut her arm. And uh, it basically just, her, like, you could hear interviews with her mother where her mother explains that Tanya is the type that you need to basically be uh, emotionally abusive towards for her to get better so i guess she might have seen it that way but tanya you can tell it had a very very scarring effect on her you always hurt the ones you love (laughs) yes Charlotte does it daily. And I think that I think that it was her mom's abuse that caused her to later on get into another abusive relationship that like because she was used to it. She was Where used was to it. her dad her parents divorced. Her dad had he- bad health problems. I know that he was still around. Halitosis. Mm. Well, he had he was also not real stable in the employment area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He changed jobs a lot and yeah. it was not a good situation. She Managed apartments, drove trucks, worked at a bait and tackle store, and, and aligned bowling pins. 
Probably. During that time, too, her dad had her hunting and fishing and working on cars. And uh, they also said she drag raced, played pool, and smoked cigarettes. I think that was she was a tomboy. Friend. All right. What? I'm not feeling sorry for her. Uh-huh. Nothing you've said so far has got me upset. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, wait, I'm, not, I'm not worried about that. What I'm saying is, like, and I guess you can do a comparison later on, of... What do you expect a figure skater's life to look like? Not that. Not drag racing and smoking cigarettes. Right. It's like Vicky Valancourt on ice. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But a very talented, insanely talented, strong Vicky Valancourt. Yes. Like, she deserved to be there. Which, that's a Waterboy reference. Mm-hmm. And she also <laughs> was the first American female figure skater to win a triple axle in competition. Yes. But I, think I remember that. Yes. 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 And I was going like... Oh, that looked like what I saw at the mall. <laughs> but go ahead. I, I couldn't see the difference. You know, I do understand that. It's kind of frustrating to watch ice skating because they do so many jumps and twirls and it's so fast. And I guess we're, it's like it's like me trying to watch football. I'm trying to learn football right now. And it's, it's like a skill to be able to watch things happen so quickly because you could see like it was a wide receiver that ca- caught the ball. But how do you know which wide receiver it was? And I guess you just look at the uh, the numbers. quarterback where the he's staring. That's a, that's a thing too. The numbers are kind of tough to see sometimes. Well, um, I mean, I know that. I keep saying that about baseball. Baseball seems like it's slow, and then all of a sudden things happen really, really fast. Mm-hmm. And if you're not trained in it, you're going to still be bored because you didn't see everything that happened. Exactly. So I get you. And that's how <clears throat> ice skating was. Now, I, I want to say this. I think there's a difference between figure skating and what they did because figure skating, from what I understand, is they make little figures in the, in, you know, they cut them into that. No, they really do. They cut pictures with their skates. They go round and round in a circle. That's not what is typically thought of as figure skating. She's a figure skater. That is not, yes. Yeah. We're supposed to be looking at a figure. Yes. Okay. Okay. Oh my gosh, that was it. That, that went off That's really much. Okay. So before we get to the uh, to too much of her talent, I do want to kind of keep on getting into her backstory though, just a little bit more. So she had a half brother, Chris Davidson, who um, apparently sexual. Well, I guess I can't say like didn't apparently sexually assault her. He actually went to jail for it. Yeah. Assaulting her? For sexually assaulting well, her. Well, that explains her problem relationship. Yeah. Uh, that, her, her parents were in denial about it and said that it didn't happen. Uh, it would be hard to accept that. Yeah, but he went to jail for a while and... He after, was convicted. Yes, he was convicted. Well, you only have to stand half the term because it was only half-sister. Oh, God. Ugh, that, that hurts to think about. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. But it, like, that was another part of her life that was just extremely dark. And again, to have two parents who say, no, I don't, I don't think that happened. That would, that'd be the worst. But he, this happened before her parents were separated, but it's interesting because after he got out of jail, two years after he got arrested, he was killed in a hit and run. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is a pretty bleak picture for her. Mm -hmm. I can see why she might be emotionally just insane. So, whenever she was 15 years old, she's at an ice skating rink. And I think this was, yeah, this was 1986. And at that point, she had already started making, uh, you know, turning heads as far as the figure skating goes. And she turned one head, the head of Jeff 
Gilluli. That's a horrible name. Mm-hmm. Jeff Gilluli. Gilluli Gilluli. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she meets Jeff at the at her ice skating rink. I think it was like Flax Samas or whatever. Tom, I don't, I cannot read my writing. She met him at a skating rink. And noticed that he was watching her. She's 15 years old. That was the first boy to ever pay attention to her. So she starts watching him. And they... He was much older. I got a brand new pair of roller skates. You got a brand new... He was two years older. He wasn't that much older. I know, but he's still... He was older. I mean, I guess for a 15-year-old, like, he was 17. Parents might not have liked that. I wouldn't have liked it. Yeah, that's true. It's weird to think about how, like, as you get older, you're allowed to date older. Yeah, 17, 19. 15 is fine, but 15, 13 is not. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I think. 17 and 15 are not compatible, in my opinion. Interesting. I don't I don't think it's too far off. But he had a car. She liked that. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they, their first date was the movies, and they were chaperoned by her father. Her father made it clear that even up until the wedding day, he did not like this kid. And her mom said that... She knew that Jeff, this is a quote, I knew Jeff had a violent streak. He tried to break down the door because he thought Tanya had gone out with another boy. Oh, my. Yeah. Right, so what year was this? This was, this. okay, so the time that they were dating was between 1986 to 1990, but they moved in together in 1988. <laughs> that was so, off-court and all that. Mm-hmm, she was, She. I think that they got married whenever she was 19, so they were together four years before that happened. But the way that Tanya explained her connection to him and the relationship was that Jeff had always put a food on the table and a roof over her head. He paid for her skating a couple years and if it hadn't been for him she wouldn't have been skating during that time. And skating, you have to buy these expensive kind of outfits and it, it costs and you have to have different ones and there it's like being a pageant queen except you're an athlete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And, yeah, and so she needed she needed his assistance and during that time he was abusive so it seems like what happened and this is how Tanya has explained it to you is that growing up with a mom who was abusive towards her but who also she knew loved her and said that she loved her that dating somebody like that made sense to her because uh, you he, she knew that he loved her but it was just part of like what comes with love is the abusive side of things and that the abuse is actually what shows that they love you. Um, so, you know, they, if they love you, they'll hit you. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, exactly. They just want the best for you yeah, so much that they'll, just push you. they'll literally hurt you. And so I guess what, like, and what Glenn is getting up to at this point, and that's what kind of this, this picture is painting as well, is this stark contrast between how expensive figure skating was at the time, how much how you were supposed to keep a very specific like figure, like public figure, but not even that. It was her actual physical figure too. She was short. She was really thick thighs, just big girl, but strong, extremely strong. And that's why whenever it comes to these jumps that she was able to pull off, that she was able to do it instead of these other girls. The, the girls. Triple axel is extremely hard, even for the best 
skaters who are men. Only eight girls have done it in competition since the first one. So it's only been eight total, and she was the second. She was the second American, but uh, I'm sorry, she's the first American to do it, but the second uh, one in competition. That was just female. Yeah. East Germans, East Germans, East Germans. They were, they were, they were juicing at the time. Yeah, well, but yeah. we probably have signed out. Almost everybody was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so it's interesting to hear them talk about it because you, I guess that's like something that you don't really think about contributing to this. Like all you hear about is this girl is white trash, and I think that like that affected her scores. Perhaps, perhaps she had all those things, and I, you do make a um, a sympathetic figure. I can, I can give you that. Okay, mm-hmm. sympathetic figure, pet skater. But um, but I'm going to say this: you can still be sympathetic and be trashy, and everything you've told me speaks of a, a person who I wouldn't want to be around. I agree. I know I, I completely agree with that. But my the reason I'm bringing up that personality is that she was treated unfairly in scoring because of it. I got you. So she I'll could be a hell of a lot better. And she could pull off all the moves. She could do all everything flawlessly. Mm-hmm. Yet she would score lower because she didn't look the right way. Yeah, and whenever Glenn talked about the costume, so she even at one point. So if you watch I Tanya, they don't have it correct, obviously, because it's a movie. So do you know about that movie? Yeah, I'm a- not interested. In it. <laughs> I'm not surprised about that. It was a movie with Margot Robbie. She's, I think, the most beautiful person in the world, other than Gal Gadot and Mom. Mom comes first, obviously. I'm sorry. Sorry, mom. <laughs> but she, yeah, Tanya, Tanya Harding's played by Margot Robbie, and it really does show the violence in her life. I think that it, it gave that that point of view that people were missing out of all of this. And then you can actually watch interviews from when Tanya was even 15 years old and explaining the stuff that was going on. So it wasn't something that just randomly came out in whatever year that movie came out in. It was, it's been behind, like, it's been in, it's been in the background this entire time, but there was a point in that movie where she was in a competition. She was wearing this like honestly not as good looking dress as all these other girls. It was like definitely it's what you get for what she would expect a, a crazy grandmother the mother to like throw together and just have it look insanely. But stupid. you probably did the best you could. Yes, yes. exactly. Yes. But at one point, she got she got like scores that didn't make any sense compared to how she was skating. And in the movie, she this other girl's about to start skating, and Tanya gets back on the ice and goes to the judges and chews them out and says like, "Why, like if you really want." me to dress nicer why don't you give me five thousand dollars for a dress because like, you got, like this is all i can afford i don't know what's going on here this is not right yeah okay she was a chain smoker by the way she was a chain smoker she, she, she liked her cigarettes but it's interesting because she which i the, didn't know until i started she didn't have the voice of it which i'm surprised by that i guess yeah, she whenever you're younger yeah very cute little voice but one would expect to meet a woman of your stature at a bowling alley but her, her, um, not a good bowling alley. But she, anyway. So that story wasn't true where she did it in public, but she did go confront uh, one in like the, at the end of a competition, they'd already done, like finished everything. And she sees a judge in the hallway. And that's whenever she said, like, I don't understand what, like what I'm doing wrong here, except for like the costumes and stuff. And if that's the case, like, and then she did tell her off because she, like, she wasn't 
that's something here too. Tanya was not scared to fight back. And I think that's because of the environment that she was raised in. And in fact, she also was, I think everybody knows that she was crazy too. Like she did some wild things. I know this. Mm-hmm. If I were to see a certain three federal judges in the hallway, I wouldn't chew them out, mm-hmm. but I'd say, what the heck? Why? Why? Yeah. You, what were you doing? Yeah. Can we please, can you Was it what I was wearing? Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what figure skating is. That's how you score. Well, you know, that's why, just let me real quick thing, because I want Sarah to, I, the story Sarah tells is interesting. Okay. Very interesting mm-hmm. to me. But I want to say this. I never, ever liked any of the judging Olympics. I didn't like gymnastics. I didn't like, I didn't like ice skating because, and it, ribbon twirling. <laughs> how, how do you judge ribbon twirling? Synchronized swimming. So I know that Hold they- out your hand. Stick out your tush. <laughs> you were on a roll. We're going to get a lot of references to Blazing Saddles, ladies and gentlemen. It's on James's mind. Uh, yeah, so she... So she's going through that, and I and, and that's the thing too is they look for clean skating and they look for graceful skating, <laughs> but it's tough to tell because I like I've watched a lot of her videos. I've watched uh, Oksana Bayul. She was the '94 ni- Olympic winner, and she was the reason why I got into all of this because I remember a lot, like I guess a couple of years ago, I was looking into the whole Kerrigan Harding thing, and it was such a funny twist in 94 whenever Bayou won because it was such a Nancy like Nancy and Hardy and uh, Harding show and so to have this random girl who's extremely young you tell she's very fresh and all of a sudden she wins um, that was that was an interesting twist but then also during our uh, winter storm here where we were cooped up we all like I guess everybody the entire world found out that Oksana Bayou lives in Shreveport which is in, like just so funny to think about. Yeah. Sniper. We'll get into her, I guess, later. Yeah, well, well I, but that during the '94 Olympics, we can talk to her more. But yeah, she, she won gold. Uh, yeah, she won gold. She was the winner. Uh, one of the most watched, mm-hmm. fourth largest watched television program of his in history. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't watch it. <laughs> I did. So. So did I, because my dad wanted to watch it, and we had one TV, and I was the remote. <laughs> so now you've got her her actual skating career. She, I think that her first first place medal was back in 1988, so that would have been at the time that she moved in with Jeff. And after that, her career took off really well. So I think she was getting the seconds and third places before that uh let's see she got second in skate america in 1986 uh and that's whenever people she was very young and people were impressed by her she had horrible horrible hair at that time everybody did at the time that was good good hair everybody had that hair yeah yeah, i probably had that hair in the 80s yeah so even even ham what was it what hampton hamilton well she had a what was it kind of a page boy 
boy kind of. All right, go ahead. All eighties hair was bad. Yeah. So nineteen eighty nine and ninety, that was a really big year for her because that was she got first place in Skate America, and uh, some other like I think it was the NHK World Cup or something like. I know the nation the Nations Cup. So she's getting first there. I think she got seventh place in the U.S. Championships, and I think the U.S. Championships is a good gauge of kind of where she was at. Uh, she got seventh that year, but the next year she gets first in championships and second in all other categories. So there was the world champion. She got second, then some kind of NHK trophy. She got second and the U S Olympic festival. She got second. So she was doing extremely well that year. And that same year, which was, uh, 1990 to 1991, you have Kerrigan who's right at Tanya's heels. Um, where she's getting third for all of these things. And Kerrigan had a very different lifestyle. So her her parents also, I think her dad had to work three different jobs or something along those lines. So, yeah, so it wasn't... Like, it wasn't like she was born into extreme wealth or anything like that. I did like that she had um, she had some brothers who played hockey, and you could tell that they were all very close to each other. So it was a loving family and with a lot of support. It's her, not like Hardy and her half-brother were loving. Oh, my God. <laughs> Go ahead. A different type of love, and, and one of them, the cops didn't get involved. Okay. Yeah. There's no convictions in her family. Yeah, yeah. But she did have... They did have difficulties. Her mom had some kind of weird illness that caused partial blindness to where she couldn't actually watch Kerrigan skate in real life. She would have to watch like a special TV as it was going on to tell what was happening. And I think that if, if I'm right, the TV was lagging. And so she could hear whenever her daughter did, daughter did something good, but you would she wouldn't find out until like seeing it a second later. So that was kind of her struggle around that time. And the difference in skating style between those two girls is wild. Like it's the the outfits and like Harding's just fun to watch. I think that's what everybody can agree on is that she had exciting music. Her costumes were funny and just the, it, it was like, she wasn't just standing on one foot gliding across the rink. She was constantly moving, constantly jumping, constantly doing something else. And I feel, I feel like with all of that movement, it's more likely that you are to do like have some kind of slip up, but Ultimately, and this is what Tanya explained too, is that whenever she was performing, except for in situations where it was like the triple axel, which she said that she did that fully for herself, she wanted to just like know that she could do it, that she enjoyed putting on a show for other people and entertaining for other people. And I think that that's why she would play songs like Batman in Jurassic Park whenever she was skating, because it was something that was culturally more relevant than some kind of classical music where, again, you just kind of slowly grace skate uh so that's what's going on with her and in that year i think it was 1991 that she completed the triple axel and that was one that's extremely difficult for women because you i think you start forward and you do three and a half loops and you land backwards and the amount of weight because you have to land on one leg the amount of weight that goes into that one foot 
is absurd. And, and it's really hard for women to get that high during their jumps. And the reason why Tanya was able to do it is because she was so, like, she was so much bigger. Yeah, and more athletic. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, and that was just one of those moments where if you haven't seen the video of her doing that, that triple axel, it was incredible. Just you could feel everybody was so proud of her in that moment. And that's kind of when everything started going downhill, I think. That year is whenever she tried to get her first divorce with Jeff. And she had a restraining order against him around that time, too. And it was based on abuse and fear of future violence uh, against her. But let's see, that was in June. In October, she withdrew her divorce paperwork and everything and basically said, I, I think that he's changed. But that was also around the time that she had pressure from like whenever I was talking earlier from her own group, American skating association. Yes. Yeah. So the American uh, skating association, they already didn't like her lifestyle. Then they hear that she's getting divorced. The Olympics are coming up the next year and they're saying you cannot get a divorce. It is too bad for your public figure. And because of that, you're going to have lower scores and they, if you're going to have lower scores then we might not need to have you on our team because, uh, you're, we're basically not expecting you to do well in the Olympics. So they, she withdrew it and, uh, it like, it obviously the, their relationship just continued to be very, very, very bumpy. So in 1992, uh, this is actually her that I wrote down. She threatened a woman with a baseball bat. <laughs> So, yeah, the trash did continue. Whenever mom says trailer trash, I definitely understand it. It was after a road rage incident, and I don't think any charges were pressed, but it just shows, like, she she was just as bad in a lot of these situations. Uh, but that was the year, let's see, 1992 Olympics. She placed fourth in those Olympics. Um, and, like, I think that that year wasn't too bad. She got number one in Skate America and third in the U.S. Championship. So she's doing, doing really well still. Um, but she was disappointed in that fourth place showing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. And how did Kerrigan do that year? Kerrigan, again, she was placing around that time second and third. And so she was definitely coming up as competition with Harding. And I guess that's what leads to 93 and 94, where uh, the attack was orchestrated against her. Um, just before we get to that, 1993, there was still domestic disturbances going on. So police responded to a domestic disturbance at the Harding House. I think the neighbors actually called. And another restraining order was put out against Jeff. And Harding filed a divorce shortly after, and it was granted in August of 1993. But unfortunately, 10 days after it was granted, Harding asked for the restraining order to at least be lifted because uh, they were still kind of seeing each other. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yes. And no- Why wouldn't you? November yeah. of that year is whenever they got into another really big fight. And somehow, it's not really clear what happened, but a shotgun was fired by Tanya. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it Continue was fired. To prove and- my point. <laughs> Charlotte called it first year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was it was really a rocky time for them. Not a romantic relationship. It might have been romantic at some points, but overall it was just a bad it was a mess. Was Kerrigan pretty? Yes. 
Yeah, Kerrigan was very pretty. Yes. She was pretty and she was likable and she had that public. Until she got. Uh, until later she, on. That's going to be later on. That's going to be later on. Yeah, so publicly, she, she I, I would say that, I would say that, like, people have explained this. If you had combined Nancy and Harding's, like, talent and personality, then, like, you would have had an excellent skater, like, the perfect skater. But because Nancy, I feel like, had that style that they wanted to see. But again, she was so, she was boring to watch. And people talk about how clean she skated and stuff, but that's because she really didn't do much while skating. She did jumps that weren't too difficult. And then between the jumps, she wasn't moving around and adding too much extra stuff. It would just seriously be like her move was lifting out her leg and gliding across the ice and looking like a princess, basically. She looked really good on ice. Yes. She did. I mean, she she looked... It's, well, like, it's, it's a beauty pageant on ice, so you have to be pretty and graceful. Mm-hmm. Who's the one that plays P- Princess Di- Anne Hathaway? Mm-hmm. She looked like what Anne Hathaway would look yeah, like. Yeah, I on mean, ice. she was she was quite attractive. Yes, yes. I yes. wanted to see Madonna on ice. Mm-hmm. That's what Harding was. Mm. <laughs> that's what that's what other people said. They were like, like that basically. I, I saw comments where they were like, it would have been nice if they just would have embraced her because she would have just been the next Madonna on ice. It's like, oh, that's... I just, I again liked her. I liked Harding because of just purely the talent and the enjoyment of watching her and seeing her jump like that. You've definitely been influenced by somebody because you sounded like a true critique, person who could critique accurately ice skating, whereas if I looked at it, it all looked the same. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... And ice skating at the time was kind of a before all this controversy it was coming up in the world you know because you know people would watch it Mm -hmm. I I went out shot baskets yeah Yeah, I I did that sometimes too so let's see I was going to add one last oh the the other thing about all of this and somebody made a very good point about it but it was in reference to Nancy after all the things happened was that whenever you like ice skating obviously isn't just a physical performance you also have to worry about the mental aspect and I think that's how it is with almost every competition you have to have very very solid emotions to be able to get through the pressures of performing in certain ways in front of people and ice skating I, I do want to say that, mm-hmm. that, that both gymnastic and ice skating you pick that up yeah that, that you have to be have nerves of steel yeah and, and with that too is you only get one chance to get through it and you have one mix up so so let's say in football you throw an interception or in baseball you have some home runs against you there is still a chance of coming back as long as you have enough time in the game well we just saw that movie about Jesse Owens mm-hmm. and if the movie's correct it took the third long jump for him to break the record yeah mm-hmm. he didn't do it first time yeah and with with ice skating you do have two different performances you have like a short performance and a long performance and those two are combined so yeah you do kind of get a chance but if you fall that just screws up so much Charlotte's got to go oh. you need to add something to this program you lately you haven't been talking here. I know I'm sorry well I mean Sarah's just got it wrapped up uh, Nancy Kerrigan grew up of humble means as well but yes. but they they tended to there was a little bit more 
Less drama. Yes. Okay. Class. Class. And they did have a little better financial picture. Yes, they did. They did. Their family stayed together. But they were middle middle class. They weren't like these. Dad worked multiple jobs to keep her in skates and yeah, they're the, they were a close family unit. I think that this shows how your environment can change you, though. Where if you have yes. a, if you have an abusive mom like that, you turn into oh, what Tanya turned into. That's me. true. Yeah, that is true. But did anyway. you have anything else you wanted to add? Do you wait, wait, wait before you leave? Mm-hmm. Did Harding contribute to the attack that we're about to go into? You know, I think when you hang with bad people, bad things are going to happen to you. And she hung with bad people. But do you think that directly? Directly? I imagine they talked about it. Yeah. I mean, I would say with her having such a a pugnacious nature about her, I have a feeling that they, they talked about you know, oh, I'd like to punch her lights out or something like that. Henry said, who, who is going to relieve me of this man if somebody in the room wouldn't kill Thomas Beckett? Well, yeah, there so, you go. So, wait, wait, one last thing. I'm sorry, one no, last thing is because I, I was kind of interested in asking you about this in the beginning, and, and Dad gave his opinion. Glenn talked about it, too. Okay. We didn't get it from you. Gotcha. Was whenever the media was going off about everything, kind of what was your perception of the situation, and what were your opinions about uh, I never, ever, ever, ever felt sorry for Tanya Harding. I, it wasn't because I really like Nancy Kerrigan or anything, but I will say back when I was growing up, there was a class and a grace that was associated with figure skating. And again, Peggy Fleming was like the ultimate. If you haven't seen, she was just beautiful and gorgeous. Dorothy Hamill was this cute little bubbly, you know, thing on ice. Um, and I, I think that that was just a huge no-no. We didn't want to become, what was that awful show, Roller Derby or whatever? It was like she belonged in Roller Derby, not in women's figure skating. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to do that stuff, you know, do it where you can mix it up out there. In fact, she did have a box, a short-lived boxing career. Yes. So let me say this real quick. I, this, I, you could not avoid the news. Mm-hmm. We'll say that again. Yeah. And if you asked me that day or during that time, I'd have said she was involved. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that would have said that. That's yeah. What I was. All right. Yeah. And I agree with Charlotte that to the extent that that mat that sport matters at all, that she was trashing it up. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. she was wearing, what she was doing, you just felt like she was trashing it up. And I felt like that's what's happened with with a lot of women's sports. You know, used to you had had Chris. Chrissy Everett, you know, uh, uh, kind of a very classy lady. classy. Yeah, what they wore, everything. And you see it, you see, but men have trashed up too. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's just, I think we've become trashy as people, including me, including me. I have to make myself dress decent, you know? So I'm not, I'm not, but what I would say, you have convinced me today that she 
that she, that Harding probably did more with her talents than almost anybody because what she was trying to get into did not fit her lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yet she made it work. Amazing thing. So mm-hmm. you have convinced me that there's more to the story so than I did. Yeah. I mean, she was she she was an amazing athlete, mm-hmm. and the things that she could do on ice. But I and I think her upbringing contributed to her being outside, being forced at gunpoint by a communist dictator. You're going to do this triple axel. I think that her upbringing contributed to her daring as mm-hmm. far as that sort of thing. Have, yeah, having the, the one thing that I'll fill in on this before she did it in competition, the triple axel, she was nailing it in every practice she had. Yeah. Yes. So yes. I'm like, over and, I think and that, over and over. And I think that alone shows because it's such a tough jump that a lot of girls can't even pull it off right. to where she's just constantly doing that. And I mean, she did it in an interview after the whole attack stuff happened too, where mm-hmm. she's just showing all, like basically just saying, I can do this. Right. Now, it, yeah. Um, and I think that the reason why she went downhill in competition is because of the whole mental aspect. But anyway, that's just kind of what I wanted to get. I don't want to keep you too long. But. No, no, no. I mean, it, to me, it was just a shame that she didn't have some sort of handler mm-hmm. to tone that yeah. background down. Yeah. Okay. Because she she was amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will definitely give you that. But I, you know, the wild hair and everything. You know, Oksana, have you seen her hair? Oh, yeah, I know. She mean, looked like a little, had that weird yellow pink. That was, that that was the style, that was. so you can't was, really yeah. judge it off that. What was the name of that movie with the cop that comes to beauty pageant? Miss Congeniality. Oh. Miss Congeniality. Yeah, she was like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, she but, but Miss Congeniality came out, people liked her a lot. They were like, she saved America. But she did start off that way. I yeah, yeah, because she could remember she goes, uh, <laughs> What would you do with this and that? And then she goes, "Oh, in world peace, mm-hmm. you know." Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, I had to just throw in the yeah, like the requirements at the end. Um, well, one last thing, Mom. I watched Peggy Fleming, and you're right; she's very cute. Yes, yes I was just watching your video. Yes, I did not watch Peggy uh, Fleming now, either. Now, to her credit, she brought those women's costumes because she had designer mm. costumes. Vera Wang. A bear, bear wedding, yes. And it was just a... Very wedding does extremely expensive wedding dresses. If you took Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan's um, figure, mm-hmm. figure and, uh, you know, what she looked like, combined with what Tanya Harding could do... Yeah, that's huh. what... Yeah, that's what... Yeah, her that, body wouldn't do that, though. Yeah, body wouldn't do that. You'd have Serena Williams on ice. Yeah. 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 Okay, anyway, you have a lovely day. Why'd you do that? I love you to death, but that was wrong. Well, that was just wrong. Chris Aaron being able to do what Serena Williams did. Okay. <laughs> See y'all. Bye. So on January 6, 1994, this is one day before the U.S. figure skating championships, and that's like the big championships that I was kind of talking about earlier where Tanya won it. That was those were that was the competition that she did the triple axel in, and it, it's basically what determines who kind of goes to the Olympics and whatnot. So it's one day before for uh, Nancy Kerrigan is at the Kobo Arena in Detroit practicing. Do y'all say Detroit or Detroit? 
I say Detroit. Say Detroit. I like to put that E in there. What I about think, you, Dad? I think I say Detroit. Okay. I'm not sure what where my beard is. Mm. Uh, so she's leaving practice. They're filming it, obviously, because she's expected to go to the Olympics, and this is right before the Olympic trials. Um, and they, it's interesting. You can watch the film. Like, there's two different films of it. The first is whenever she's leaving, and she's about to walk through a blue curtain, and apparently right behind the guy who's filming is the attacker. So you never see him in the film. It seemed like he was just avoiding it. So they stop filming as she goes through the blue curtain the attacker follows her behind that blue curtain and hits her leg just above the knee and it's good to point out that it happened just above the knee because if they had hit the knee that would have ended her career but because it so was he above, really whacked her yeah he really he really he really whacked her yeah he really whacked and this her was before she was on the ice this is after she got off oh, the ice after she got, she off, got the off the ice, ice. so she, got, she was leaving the practice and uh, he had a 21-inch ASP oh, telescopic my. baton. Yeah, but it was not. So everyone, like that's been that's what's okay, interesting. Okay, that's what the police carry. I have full disclosure, a couple of these maybe, mm -hmm. uh, and you can actually take that extended and whack as hard as you can a tree stump, and it won't bend, break, or do anything. They're very formidable weapons. Yeah. yeah. So he hits just above the knee, and it's her right leg, which is her landing leg. That's very important for figure skating because it wasn't just a random, let's hit this woman. It was uh, an intended, I need to hit her in a place where it's going to hurt, and it's going to affect her skating. So if it hit the left leg, potentially it wouldn't have affected her that bad. Um, and He's right-handed, though. That's true. But I think that they intentionally went. They went. They intentionally went after the, the right, the right leg. They. They. It's conspiracy. It was a group okay. together. It's conspiracy Friday. I just didn't know if you were pronouncing. Mm hmm. Um. So he hits her above the knee, and if he hit the knee, it probably would have shattered the knee, and that would have ruined her career. But because it was just above the knee, it caused severe, severe bruising. And I know that you don't want severe bruising. That would really suck. But it was a heck of a lot better. Like she was actually able to compete in the Olympics that same year. But she, could reco she recovered. She recovered very well. Uh, but she had to withdraw from the U.S. figure skating championships, which Tanya ended up winning. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it was two years, two days later, Harding won the championships, and the people who decide who goes to the Olympics said it's going to be both Tanya and Kerrigan. And then... This is something that I kind of got hazy on because I wasn't... Oh, it was kind of funny. I'm going to start with the funny part. The, the attacker, I guess he was a big guy because as he was trying to leave, he couldn't get the th through the freaking door, the idiot. And so instead of just, like, I don't know, finding another door, I don't know what he was thinking. He smashed through a glass door and walked through it. And so... Uh, he was... Three, four hundred pounds. Big guy, big boy. Yes. Now he's. You can see him now, and he he's lost a lot of weight and everything else. But he was big old fat fella. Mm. And then a couple of days later, before anybody knows really what's going, I'm sorry, a couple of days after, they don't really know who did what. But at one point, uh, Harding's in an interview, and somebody asked if if Harding 
thought that anyone she knew could have planned it. And Harding did say that's, I've definitely thought about that. Like, as far as I think that, like, I've thought about maybe somebody I knew might have done it. Uh, then... Wait a second, they didn't arrest him on the spot? No, he got away. He broke through the glass and got, got away. away. There's, there's a, He's a big guy. There's a getaway driver. Are you serious? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my, I did not know that. Yeah. I just assumed they jumped on him. No. Mm-hmm. No, 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 I mean, and these kind of attacks at that time were so, at least in the media, rare. Yeah. yeah. Even even um, at the time, Harding went on lockdown because they thought maybe they're attacking just figure skaters. Yeah, they, they all the figure skaters they're were in lockdown. They thought, these guys, this guy just hates figure skaters. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just imagining like the ballerinas in Phantom of the Opera whenever the Phantoms like doing the thing and all the ballerinas kind of like scattered together and in a group and think oh my gosh who knows who's going to come after him next so that happens hold up i have to pull this up just to make sure i'm not missing anything two days after that interview so it's january 13th Derek smith and sean eckhart get arrested for this. The Derek Smith played basketball at Tech. Exactly. So that track has direct connections. Uh, so Derek Smith is the uncle of Shane Stant. Shane Stant, it's a family tree, is the one that committed the battery. So you got Shane Stant committed the battery. Derek Smith, his uncle, was the getaway driver. And Sean Eckhart was Harding's bodyguard. And so it was those three together. Plus, we know Jeff Gillery, Gillooly. I can never remember this guy. It's such a stupid name. Yeah, Jeff Gulia. He was pretty stupid, too. Yeah. (laughs) Wedding singer reference there. So they all get arrested at some point. Because there's a conspiracy to go after Nancy Kerrigan. So, yeah, again, like the way that it was set up is that uh, we know that Jeff Gulili, he and Eckhart had apparently been talking about doing something to increase Harding's chances of making it to the Olympics and winning the little figures here. Oh, and that's something, too, to think about with all of this. Harding was seen by her mom for sure, and I think Jeff, Jeff definitely as well, is potentially a cash cow, where she had such talent that it could bring their family out of poverty. And so whenever you talk about why they were getting her, like, so invested in her figure skating, it wasn't just out of love. Money. Yes, exactly. And once mom thought she couldn't make any money out of it, she totally cut Tanya off. Yeah. As far as interacting with her at all. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, So, yeah, again... Eckhart, Eckhart was a crazy person, it seems, because somebody else described Eckhart apparently approached somebody else about doing a hit. It's just insane. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, just, like you're just not, a, you are yeah, not a rational. Just to human. begin with, yeah, just to begin with, you're not I rational. Because like mm-hmm. I want to say this again, although I never got caught up in it, like I don't want anything that's centric. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal at the time. That figure skating had gotten to be a big deal. People were were playing it, so. Yeah, they had to have known they were going to get caught. If they had any sense, mm-hmm. well, they didn't have any sense apparently. Okay. Yeah. There weren't as many cell phones back then. Yeah, and there wasn't as many. You know, it's it's a, the fact that it was 
you recorded know, at, all. at all. It's uh, off the chain crazy. It's, it's true. I don't know if you can pick that up, Sarah. Right. Nowadays, you would expect it to be videoed. Mm-hmm, back, back then, then. you would never. No, you'd have some eyewitnesses and there would not be any right. video or pictures of anything. If we're going to get into video and pictures and stuff, if you watch any videos of ice skating back in the time, watch it from with a Japanese media because they knew what cameras to use everything else is so blurry but japanese it's close enough to hd to where you can actually see details in their faces their okay. facial features i won't i won't watch it okay oh no 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 but you're not you're not who i'm talking to <laughs> yeah. if any of the listeners want to do that just make sure you watch the japanese uh, media and it's also funny because whenever like tanya is coming out and they're announcing her they say tanya son and because like Son, like son is like Miss. Oh, yeah, so it's like okay. Miss Tanya, but yeah, you can hear them say Tanya son. Uh, That's funny. Yes, but the Eckhart was insane in that. Like, okay, he was more insane than a normal person, uh, or like I'm sorry, a normal person that would do something like this. I think. Like, okay, if you're somebody who would do something like this, he was still crazier. So he had allegations of being part of like some kind of super spy organization and yeah. And like tried to come up with his own, uh, like he would try to come up with like companies, but it was obvious that those things would never happen. It was just like insane. I think that he wanted to be a super, super secret agent doing cool things behind the scenes, but that was just never going to happen. He was, yeah. Yeah. Just an idiot. The kind of guy that would burn a hospital. I mean, a, 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 you know, we know about a, a guard at mm-hmm. a hotel starting a small fire in a room so he could be the hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, yeah, it just Munchausen syndrome. Yeah. Weird. Uh, I really wish that I could find like the specifics of those stories. I had trouble finding them, but uh, he would he dressed like a detective to try to make himself look cool. And um, I think that by getting the job of her, because there was a apparently some kind of death threat against Tanya, which is the reason why they decided she needs a bodyguard in the first place. And I don't think that she actually before any of this needed a bodyguard really. But this guy, I think, would have taken it extremely serious yes uh now physically he was just a beastly fat yes just freaking stupid he didn't look like a secret agent yeah like somebody that you would think would be behind like a, a, a a computer screen um in his mom's basement being weird what is that picture i'm sorry glenn just pulled up a picture of a beach and it looks very pretty and it has jeff's last name in the background well i'm trying to figure out how to pronounce it sorry gilly gilly that's how you pronounce it um so Eckhart was the one that recruited Smith and Stant. Uh, Tanya's husband was providing the funds. And apparently the way that this happened is that they thought that Nancy Kerrigan would be in Massachusetts uh, practicing. And so Stant and Smith go to Massachusetts the first round. but And they wait like a couple of days. They just go and hang out outside of the skating rink. But she never 
shows up and they got really confused. And so at that point, Jeff, I'm just going to call him Jeff. He tried, he said that he tried to call it off because he, I think at that time it had been two days that they were waiting there. He was supposed to have been paying them like $6,500 or something like that, which I guess was a lot back in the early nineties. And, uh, he told Eckhart, just wire them some money to get them home and we'll just call it a day. But around this time, and I don't know exactly what happened because this would be Tanya's involvement, is that, and I think the movie shows it in a very specific way, but people see it in another way. Tanya called somebody at um, the rink, I think, in Detroit. And the reason she called is because she knew the lingo, like what to ask if you were going to try to get this question in a normal way. And basically said, uh, I have some idiot guys who have some kind of bet going on and they're betting at like what rink or like times or whatever that Nancy Kerrigan is practicing. And that sounds suspicious. It does sound suspicious. And so this is what connects her directly is that there was a napkin with her clear handwriting on it that have Nancy Kerrigan's rink and times. And okay. um, yeah, so she was saying that it was just like, and again, I think that the movie like played it in a way that actually made it seem more believable. But yeah, that seems just like, like even if, if that's guys, suspicious at the minimum, exactly. That's extremely suspicious uh, $6,500 is about $15,000 now it's a pretty penny I would hit him figure skater on me for that <laughs> watch out figure skaters yeah uh, and just to stop the sport <laughs> that's it I don't want anything else <laughs> um, well this did do a lot to the sport <laughs> yeah yeah, and and so anyway, they they end up showing up in Detroit outside, and that's whenever all of this goes down. And uh, anyway, so Nancy was out for a little bit because it was just a bruise. She was able to get back to figure skating, and I think that I'm pretty sure that the Olympics happened just a few months after. So it really wasn't. I mean, like um, you you can see like that famous video of her like yelling why, and you really do think, oh my gosh, like did this woman's career end? And no. It really didn't in fact i think what happened is that she ended up getting a boost in everybody's eye she's already what you imagine the ideal figure skater to be and now she's a victim and she's going to the olympics with her attacker like who everybody's saying is her attacker like they're all thinking at this point that uh that Tanya, Tanya had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. And that's something that it's been. So as far as evidence goes, you have that napkin and you have Tanya who says that she knew before the guys were caught that they, that they, something happened and they oh, were. No, wait, 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 mm-hmm. wait, I'm going to, I'm going to be okay with that. Yeah. All right. So let's suppose she had nothing to do with it and her bodyguard creepy bodyguard and her ex her ex-husband yeah go and do something like that i i would be quiet about it mm-hmm. I, I i i would not know you know you're two days away from competing you don't know why they did it yep and you don't really know if they're going to do it to you yeah so, also there are a couple things there the fbi questioned her for six hours they it, I, I heard it was 10 hours 
might have been 10 was, hours. Was, After six hours, she changed her story and said, I might have known something. At the end, like afterwards. Well, yeah, if you asked me enough times. Exactly. Well, that's that's my point. Mm-hmm. Uh, that If you got that grilling in for at least three quarters of 10 hour period, you said the same thing and they just kept saying, we know you're lying. Right. Then you know? You, yeah, well, that's right. Yeah. All right. So, so what I'm going to say is that I don't think that's good evidence. That mm-hmm. silence there is not consent or anything else. She might have really literally said, this guy's screwing up my career too. And they, or this guy thinks he's a, <laughs> he's a secret agent. He ain't going to do anything. And they made, okay. What do you call it? The Musburger syndrome? Munchausen. Oh. So you can see too, you can see in the interviews around this time, whenever it happened, that Tanya started off a little bit snarky and stuff about all of it. Like, because people kind of mentioned that she was involved. And I think that whenever you, because uh, I, I watched a lot of interrogation videos and it is interesting to see the different demeanor between a, somebody who's guilty and somebody who's innocent, because if you're innocent, you're generally more likely to speak out in outrage of how dare you accuse me. And you, people will even say stuff that like, I don't like this about the victim, but you know that you're not the one that did it. So you're not worried about saying stuff like that because it's like, I'm just, I'm just speaking how, like what my truth is. I'm not going to sit here and lie that I like Nancy Kerrigan and stuff like that. Although I think, I think that in some situations she did say that she liked Nancy, but at one point- Well, they were friends. She said they were friends. Yeah. But at one point she, whenever they were asking about it, this was very early on. She was like, yeah, I'm going to go, we're going to go to the Olympics. I'm going to kick her butt. And people were pissed off about it, but it's like, that's something that I would expect somebody who wasn't involved to say. Yeah. Well, also my son threw javelin quite through college and, uh, you know, he knew who was his competition and everything. And they would talk, you know, they're out there on the field. They would talk mm-hmm. and I would call them friends, but they were out to get each other. I mean, one, you know. Too bad they didn't push javelin each other. That would have been really good entertainment. Yeah, it would have been good entertainment, but I, I think my son still be alive. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but, you know, just to say that. She probably was friendly with her. Like they, they, they might have been normal enough towards each other, or even if they had like a difference in lifestyle and stuff. It's, it's. I tried to look to see if there was a reason for them to specifically not like each other before all of this happened, and you just didn't see any kind of beef with it. Yeah, it was really just. It's competitors who are, are sitting around in a skating rink all the time, same ones. You're gonna, you're gonna be familiar. Well, I, I don't know how far this is gonna go, but I'm gonna give you my verdict until she can convince me otherwise. Mm-hmm. I don't know that she had anything to do with it because that guy was a kook. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. there's no doubt that that guy thought he was a bodyguard was a kook. The question is, has she suspected anything? Mm-hmm. That's that. That's the point. I she would. did. Okay, and that's the thing too. Like, uh, let me let me finish that point about the the interviews because after a little while with those interviews she did you apparently her demeanor changed from uh yeah like I, I don't care like I wasn't involved or anything like this at all and then all of a sudden it kind of changes to her being more kind of emotional and upset about it and so some people think that that might have been around the time that she found out the extent of their like I guess it was confirmation that they actually were involved in this but I do agree that she said 
that she overheard some of their conversations. And I don't know how much she hung out with these people either. I know that she and her husband, they had their own and off times. And around this time, I think that they were still kind of maybe hanging out, but I don't like it's kind of hard to tell how much that was happening. Like they were apparently still calling themselves a married couple, even though they were divorced, but it was such a weird, violent relationship that it's kind of hard. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like in, in later on, I think that she, she stayed firm in this and even some of the other guys who were involved stayed firm in this, that she wasn't involved in it and that any knowledge that she had of it before it happened was minimum. And they might've talked sometimes about like maybe being irritated at Nancy and just saying, yeah, it'd be nice to feel like somebody to go kick her butt or something like that. And I think that from her perspective, they might've mentioned things like that, like just being irritated about, you know, like you set up that Nancy really wasn't as talented as Tanya and she didn't have the moves that Tanya had and she's still placing uh, the same or higher as she's playing by rule. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that Tanya sees that as just an irritation. Right. And, and, yeah. and also just to point out, there's a famous picture of her going up to the judges and showing them her, her skate was broken or her laces were cut. Everybody got, made a big deal about that, but what they don't know is that's the rules. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a big thing. <laughs> You're supposed to go up and Literally, show them. Immediately. And you immediately, and you skate over there and show them that, but people didn't know that, so they so thought... So they just thought that she's being really dramatic. Yeah, that way. A lot of people know that in baseball, if there happens to be a, a flaw in the outfield that they didn't see, like it goes under a fence or something... Yeah. If you don't throw your arms up immediately as an outfielder, that ball is live. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, and so you see how that looks if you don't know yeah. that. And so that famous picture of her skating over said, "Look at my thing," you know. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was it was I think it was Shane Stant who gave an interview about the whole situation. I actually like him after that interview because you could tell that he really transformed. He grew up. I mean, that's what you do. Like sometimes you get involved in stuff like this and he later apologized about it and said that that was just like, he doesn't even recognize being that person. And he did seem genuine, extremely genuine in that interview. And they asked about Tanya and whether she should be getting the, I guess, comeback that she's kind of been getting lately where, uh, you know, people do like her, I guess, like now you can see my generation where it's like, yeah, I can see that she's trashy and stuff. But I also grew up, you know, whenever you talk about how sports transformed from being more classy in all aspects to nowadays, that's just kind of what we expect. Right. Um, I, and I, expect, I, and I, I want to make sure everybody knows this. I think it's happened in men's women's sports. Yeah. I mean, like, you think about football, like guys are, uh, you, Gosh, you that, know that you couldn't even spike a football? That was a penalty. Mm-hmm, yeah. You could, if you did dancing, that was no way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dancing got out of hand for a while. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's, it, it's, and it's weak. But I'm going to tell you again, I really believe it's society. I have, I have slacked up. Mm-hmm. We all have. All right. But then you know, I want to finish the story. I want to, I want to, I want to find out who gets arrested. And- yeah. Yeah. So, so they, those, let's see. 
Derek Smith, Shane Stant, Sean uh, Eckhart, and Jeff all get criminal convictions from all of this. And I guess of uh, aggravated battery? Stuff like that. Yeah, I think felonies. it was. Yeah, it was, it was a bunch of felonies. And they did investigations into Tanya. And apparently there was, at some point, I really don't understand specifically how it worked for her, but at some point they had a grand jury investigate Tanya and determined that uh, she had some kind of involvement, but they didn't indict her because of some kind of previous plea arrangement that they had with her or somebody. And I don't so they know. came back with a true bill? Uh-uh. They didn't. And so it was kind of weird. It, like, that's why that I really, means, you know, here's the thing. Here's yeah. what that means. Prosecutor didn't want to do it. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm seeing that is I don't think that they really had a case for it. And he didn't want to do it. That's what we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, yeah. prosecutor, the prosecutor can indict Hamburger mm. or get a true bill on Hamburger, right? Yeah. So, so we know that. If they didn't get one, they didn't want it. Yeah. But she did get a felony. It was something about like hindering an investigation after the fact or something like that because she didn't come to them immediately. She didn't say, I, all right, that's fair. Yeah. That's probably a misdemeanor, huh? Nope, it was felony. Really? She got three years probation. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, Not a fun time, no. No. Let's see. I'm trying to trying to get this. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the specific charge was. I didn't write it down. But yeah, she, it was it was a felony. And at that point, that's whenever she they did an investigation, uh, the skating organization, whatever. They did an investigation against her and uh, stripped her 1994 U.S. Figure Skating Championship Aww. title. Yeah. And she was allowed to compete in the Olympics. But I think at that point, I guess we can talk about the Olympics some. Um, I think that at that point, she had gone through so much that mentally she just, like, that was tough. So she didn't play. No, she played. I think Who she won. Had, I think she, how, did, how did Kerrigan do? That was, Kerrigan got second. And so we can talk, we'll talk about her demeanor after. But Kerrigan got second. Oksana uh, Bayul got first. Oh, the one with the sleazy port. Yes, sleazy port. And I'm, you know, I'm excited about that now. Now that I know a little bit more about Oksana. So we can talk about the, uh, you talked about the boots and everything. All of her problems. So I think it started, the first one that I saw was that she had a halter top problem at one point. And again, it looks like she's putting on a show because you realize my my dress broke, my dress broke some and because she had like four straps and two of them broke and it does look like she's going like you're crying at that point because it's an emotional situation and you go straight to the referee and it's all very public and you have to talk to them publicly and it really does look like this girl is just emotional and is trying to get attention and like what the heck but yeah Scott Hamilton are you ready to judge me? that is not (laughs) Scott Hamilton actually said that said that that is what you're supposed to do he didn't say it like that no it's Scott Hamilton said, that's what you're supposed to do. It's okay. really important that you do that. But it's <sighs> also interesting because with this Kansas City, no, sorry. Um, the first, the first time, because they were, they were doing practices together. 
and the everybody was really worried about, especially the U.S., about having those two on the ice together, how that would affect both of them mentally and their practice and everything. They tried to get their practices separated, but the Olympic Committee said, no, we're not making exceptions. This is how the women practice, and that's how y'all are going to continue. You get a cat fight? You get a cat fight. Exactly. Boy, that would have been some news. That was... They didn't need it. It yeah. was news, though, because apparently the they had a press box there, and it was so filled up with people that you couldn't fit anybody else. Normally, you got one fella in there. Yeah, normally it's nobody. And there was, mm-hmm. it was stuffed and everybody wanted in and they were demanding it. It was horrible. So that's why you can find a lot of footage of that practice. I think that Nancy, it was interesting. Nancy was wearing the same dress that she got attacked in. So that's interesting. Uh, now, think uh, about that. You know, that could be financially, that's what she had and what she planned on wearing. I have a feeling she has She's wearing Vera Wang dresses. Yeah. I know, she I know. But if I had a Vera Wang outfit for competition, I probably didn't have a lot of them. But no, no, but it wasn't competition, though. It was practice. And practice, you can wear like a leotard. I mean, I know that Hardigan, wait, why can I not get her name right? I'm, I'm combining her name. Combine name. I'm combining her name. Harding, she like wore different outfits and stuff whenever you practice. I mean, like, I feel like that that's not a big deal. But uh, yeah, so you got Nancy all graceful and white and Harding and like what I would say is a very typical 90s colorful outfit. Yeah. And it's interesting because you watch it and um, Harding's having trouble with her shoelaces then. Like she pulled off to the side and she's talking to her coach. And uh, in the, like while she's doing that, she's like messing with these these shoelaces. So I guess that's kind of what leads up to it wasn't it wasn't random. I think that it happened during the competition. I think that that was just something that she'd been struggling with for a bit. So the shoelaces thing happens and it does look just public and stupid. And at that point, I think that she had, uh, that she just been through so much that no, she didn't perform the best. Um, but she's saying it, she's still fun to watch. Like she's still fun to watch. And I watch her and I'm like, I want her to do well because you can tell that she was just a superior skater. Um, but Nancy, she went out. I didn't think her performance was impressive. It was clean, but she got in second place. And Oksana Vayul, she came out of nowhere. So she's 16 years old from the Ukraine. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, her with, mom. With start, the, start the money laundering. Was Epstein there with Weinstein? <laughs> um, so her mom died. I Who's think mom? Oksana Vayul. Hmm. Her mom died a few <laughs> years earlier. And I think she was around, yeah, she was around 16 whenever this happened. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to figure out, make sure that I have this correct. She had, she got into a really bad crash. So this was in 1993. And it really messed up her back. And because of this, like, it, it was extremely, extremely horrible. She had to consistently get, like, different surgeries and stuff like that throughout her skating career. And so it was interesting kind of comparing her with Nancy because Nancy got a bruised leg 
but Oksana Vayul, she, um, I think it was very shortly before the Olympics that she had some kind of surgery and was actually in pain during all of that, like the way that she was jumping and everything. But she was fun to watch too. I enjoyed uh, her performance. She comes in first, and Kerrigan, okay, she cries. She's 16 years old. Mom just died. She had the performance of her life. She cried immediately after she finished and was just in tears while watching her scores come up and everything. And uh, Kerrigan was kind of a dick about it. Um like, I understand that they have, like, that, I guess it's the curse of, like, getting in second place where they just always seem to be pissy. But uh, Oksana, she, um, like, after, right before the, like, the ceremony, the medal ceremony, apparently they were trying to find the Ukrainian national anthem, like, some kind of form to play because they weren't expecting to have to play it. So they were looking for that, and then Oksana was getting her makeup done, but at the same time, like, it doesn't look like she was wearing, like, a wild amount of makeup. It wasn't, like, extravagant, so... Yeah, and so they were 10 minutes late, and there's a video, and, it, and this is what I think people see, and they're like, if she's doing this on camera, if she's saying this directly whenever there's a camera right in front of her face recording everything that she's saying, what is she saying off camera, and how is she acting What did Kerrigan say? She was basically making fun of Oksana, and uh, in, in the like ceremony being a little bit delayed and basically saying like I don't know why they're taking this long all she's going to do is just start crying again and um, they get on to the uh, the little you know stairs you stand on after you win and you can see in the pictures where Oksana is like getting the medal that Kerrigan's just scowling at her the entire time and what it looks like and I think this is what people these days like who, who, who isn't upset when they're sitting there on the silver medal and some upstart just took it from you out of nowhere I wouldn't be a little upset yeah and again like I do understand that but I think that you want to be gracious but yeah into I, her career I think that that's kind of what you get with the second place medals though, because you also had that girl a few years ago and I think it was Simone Biles she like won or something and the girl that was second place was American and they they still make fun of her like scowl yeah she had a little um, the gymnast had this little we we gotta start trying to wrap this up yeah so wait tell me what ends up with the three of them wait can I well I was gonna tell you a little bit more about Nancy because again like I think that Glenn was trying to talk about this too but uh, she added she got paid two million dollars at the time two million dollars by Disney to do some Disney tours. And, I remember that. Mm-hmm. And she was also just... Where am I going now? I'm going to Disney. Yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. But at Disney, she was just snippy. She was basically saying, this is the most embarrassing thing I've ever done. She's like telling Mickey Mouse that as they're in the middle of the parade, saying this is just all corny. It was recorded. Yeah, it was all recorded. And she was just pissy the entire time. Um, and it's like I don't even like Disney, she said, I think. Yeah. I remember that. Mm-hmm. I do. So remember she, how that was coming back. Yeah, yeah, it came back. It yeah, and, back and I guess that's kind of the whole thing is that even if you get second place, like I understand that second is not as good as first, but you got $2 million from Disney. Right. And if I got it from Disney, I would behave. Yeah. But I remember agreeing with her. Yeah, like you can agree with her. 
I think James, why. you probably weren't in the mainstream of a, a thought at that time, anyway. But, but I think that it just shows, like, the way that she was behaving during all I, of that. I you get, you she get. She wasn't gracious. No, she mm. wasn't at all. And I think that she was trying to paint herself off as like this, like little white dove. And, and even as an adult, mm-hmm. I'd have chewed you out for that. Yeah. yeah. So you're making an ass of yourself. Yes. Though. And yeah. that, that's basically what she yeah. did. And she looked like this elitist trollop. Yeah. And so I guess that's whenever you ask, where did all three of them come out? Uh, Oksana became an alcoholic because she wasn't used to the um, she was yeah she was not used to the publicity she moved to Vegas she had a very bad time there it took a while for her to get her life back in order but she did and I think she got married to a really really great guy um, I think he was also Ukrainian and like a businessman <laughs> got out of it and uh, I don't know how she ended up in Shreveport but because like, like I, we're ice skaters though yeah just ice skater. I think that okay my theory is that she's the mud bugs uh, mascot. mascot yes so okay. that's why she got a really good I, I will color a few things in here real quick from a business point of view um there is, you know, if you talk to Scott Hamilton, he said that this incident, even though it was the fourth largest viewing in history of any event, the Harding um, um, Kurgan, you know, uh, competition competition in the Olympics, he thinks it destroyed the entire skating industry because he says we had a good model. It was working quite well. People were able to make a living if you were elite skater. Now they can't. They stay amateurs as long as they can until their body gives out now. And the reason was there was a deal made, a 10-year, $100 million deal, two of them, with the American Skating Association, where they would pay, and they were paying you know, all the skaters and they did this and the next year nobody watched skating. Yet they had this $100 million 10-year contract. So what did they do? They just kind of paid the deal. And when it when it came back up for renewal, yeah. zero. Mm-hmm. And he says that destroyed skating. All right. So Kerrigan, where is she? Kerrigan That's good stuff, was on Dancing with the Stars. Uh, she looks, she still looks pretty normal. Like, she, it, it seems like, and I guess it's really hard, too, because they were young. They were in their 20s, like, I think early to mid-20s. And, yeah, like, you look back on stupid stuff that you did around that time in your life. Like, I remember one incident specifically whenever I was 23 years old, and I'm like, I was such a freaking, like, baby. Like, what was I thinking? That was so stupid, bad behavior, whatever. So, um, she, she said that she's never gotten an apology from uh, Harding, because, like, the only apology that Harding keeps saying is, I'm sorry that we were at the wrong place at the wrong time, basically. So, where's Harding? now she's married still she got divorced to that guy they fully separated um and then yeah she okay yeah so this was what mom was talking about with her career she gets kicked out of skating she's not allowed to skate anymore for like uh, they they said it was a public like a uh, um permanent ban but i think that they ultimately lifted it but she was old by then uh she oh gosh it was so sad um, her husband at one point leaked 
nude photos of her. Yeah, and then and then I guess after that happened, she just kind of agreed to go ahead with it because he was going, he was doing it, he was making money off of it, and I think that she wanted her to go ahead and do it too. Like if you're going to leak it, I'm going to make money too. So that's whenever there's a video that was leaked too. Um, she was in one crappy movie. And uh, I think she went on a celebrity boxing show that did really well. And so she said, hey, this is something I'm good at. So let me try boxing. So she did that for a little while, but I don't think that ended up being for her. And um, gosh, what does she, I guess she, I think she might teach figure skating now, but she's she still, old now. yeah, she can still do double axles. Really? Well, yes. the movie, I, I Tanya, is that what it's Yeah, I, Tanya. With Margot Robbie as the lead, uh, kind of brought back after 30 years, you know, uh, Tanya Harding and the whole story. Yeah. So, you know, because that got into mainstream mm -hmm. and now she's you know so i think she does teach skating um lives quietly um doesn't like the limelight um uh, you know but you know you might not recognize her now if you walk by her all right well let me is that it because i want to say my take on this yeah thing. i think that, that's probably, kind of it yeah. you, you, you guys need to know why i'm so anti figure skating mm -hmm. i'm anti um gymnastics uh, um, I'm those two sports especially anti what about flag football that's an Olympic sport now now I know it's like What's to be interrupted alright so so those two sports I have all my life thought that there was a there was some pedophilia going on there mm. that they wanted them young that they picked Mary Lou Retton remember how old was she 13 14 years old yeah just a baby but she gets perfect tens and somebody who's been doing it longer all they can't do it but this little girl's getting perfect tens and you couldn't judge you'd look at it oh well you know her heel hit just a little bit late mm. or whatever right and and they were giving it to these young girls and so now they these two older girls are starting to get older in comes this little okaya yaka she she uh is that her name? Oksana Bayur. Oksana Bayur. I don't know who the hell. Oksana Bayur. How old was she? Sixteen. She's she's skating with Olympic like other like Olympic gold medalists though. Like she was she had a good support system as well. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But she's sixteen. Yeah. She's right. And I and I said this, that, this is this is pedophile. This is what this is. This thing is run by a bunch of kinkos, and I eventually some of these people get convicted too. It's not. It, it and up I, I, I do agree. Okay, so I do agree yeah, as far as it the pedophile goes because way. that even happened with the gymnastics scandal where that came out a few years ago where like a lot of women from the American gymnastics team were yeah. molested by their uh, trainer and it wasn't a trainer, train, it was like a medical guy or something like that. It was a trainer I think, was it? It was a trainer. From Hungary or something? Yeah, maybe? but also there are some allegations of abuse for these coaches that work with these 13-year-old girls. Right. So all along I've hated those sports. I would, I refused to watch them. And so, and I, and, and Hamilton sounded like he was from Kansas City. Um, I I I just didn't like the sport. You know what I'm saying? I just I just didn't like it. But I'm glad that we did this because I did have it in my mind wrong. I had I had the fact because I haven't paid attention to it since then. I do think this that if you sum up 
Harding, she did what she could with what she had. Right. And probably exceeded all expectations. And she was trying to change that from this sport of, sport of grace to a sport of athleticism to take advantage of what she could do that those graceful girls could not do. Yeah. And the question, and, the, and, the, and so the, the, the struggle was between that new style and it's just so much y'all are saying today. Yeah. And having that graceful. And so you're seeing that transition. And I'll bet it's more athletic now. I don't know. Yeah, Tanya did say I I would not want to skate against the women who are skating. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Chris Everett said she did not want to play. You know those those what the people dominating now. And yeah. Correct. She said she wouldn't want to play. You know she'll take Margaret Court any day. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. But it was a graceful sport. You didn't cuss at the referees. You you know what I'm saying. Confront them about hey give me five thousand dollars if you really want me to like look better. In the in the hallways yeah. In the hallways yeah. So so but anyway that's why I don't like the sport. Guys, I really did just even in high school. Going, that's, that's weird. This is weird, and, I, and I'll never forget Mary Lou that Retton. She's just a baby, and they were putting her on a Wheaties box, and you know, just um, I just it, it turned my stomach. It did. It didn't turn my stomach, but. Uh, I didn't see, you know, I didn't watch it that much, you know, even, even if that's the only thing on TV and that's what dad was watching while he was sleeping. Uh, you know. Yeah. Well, another, another aspect of this is, is that, that John Hayley and I, you know, set late seventies, early eighties, were going to college and we really saw even then that judging sports was a way for the communist bloc to win. I mean, it, it's it, funny that you mentioned that because a lot of people who like Nancy Kerrigan were saying that it was just because of communism that Oksana Bayou won. I disagree with that. I think that her skating was insanely impressive, especially again, if you watch Nancy, she just is like gliding across the ice. Whenever these other women, they actually seem to have more movement and do more things and more interesting. Well, I mean, it, it was, it was transitioning. She was doing it the graceful way and there, you know what? I'll bet you it takes a lot of work to be graceful on ice. I think it would be insanely yeah. a lot of balance. So I don't know minimal. that one's better than the other, to be honest with you. Yeah, and uh, I'm kind of with you on the judging thing, James, uh, because do uh, you know why jiu-jitsu was adopted by, for uh, defense with the Korean, um, back in the 1800s with the Korean, uh, they were looking for a martial art to teach their policemen. Why did they pick judo? It had a scoring system and it was very regimented scoring system. So Objective. So, so objectively, you could score. You had to make contact. I have read about that. Yeah. You had to make un... I can't remember how they did it, but they had ways of judging. I could never see it because it was so fast. Yeah. And that's what Sarah was saying about the skate. Well, it's a, you have a technical score and you have, I think, like an artistic score or something like that. And with a technical score, I think that it is way more objective. Like you get more points. I think that it was, I can't remember who did this, but um, somebody, I think it was Oksana, she was supposed to land. Yeah, I think it was during the Olympics. She was supposed to land something, but she changed a triple to a double and realized she was not going to get the points by having just a landed double so later on she improvised an extra triple because she knew that that would immediately bump up yeah makes sense now the other thing is with the olympics the reason i started losing interest in it um 
and, and I know you made a joke that maybe they all were, but you could look at those East German weightlifting women, and you can look at them now in well, but, any country. <laughs> but back then, they looked different. Yeah, those East I German agree. women are doing something to make themselves men. They were juiced, and 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 so you started seeing that it wasn't just a judging contest anymore that the Russians were cheating with. They were doing it with lifting too. Yeah, the East German block was East German was part of the Russian block, and and so I got tired of it. I got tired of watching the Olympics because. It, it was no longer amateurs going in and saying, hey, who's got the best amateurs? It's, it was becoming pro. You were, you know, you started putting the pro basketball team in it. You, it. It got to the point where, as you said, it was big business. And I just, yeah, I think it, I think that it's killed itself. I don't think anybody, do you even know when the Olympics are this time? Where are they? I don't, but you know, I have a, f- a family who they follow that like, you know, we well, used to right. be everybody did. Yeah, it used to be. That's what you did. When are the Olympics coming up? God, I can't wait. Yeah. But we also didn't have as many choices in what we could watch or entertain ourselves with. Yeah, I think that that's a big thing. Now I'm I'm choosing football to, to entertain myself with. Yeah, I mean, because you, mean. you look at you look at um, three channels, they program things. Three and a half. Three and a half, <laughs> three and a half channels. <laughs> And they program things, and you know, you, you <laughs> it, it was a different world. If they, you know, if they could, could, and that's why when we see this now into 2024's look back, and we look back on that and say, how much did we really think we were doing when we weren't? How much were they controlling this? Because they only had to go to three channels. Right. I don't think that Mannix would make it now. Because no. because it's not wasn't good enough. But back then you had three choices and the other two suck more. Yeah, and and you know, I watched a lot of Mannix. Well we did too. My dad watched Mannix, but I know why. Because what was on the other stations was worse. It yeah. really was. The I knew that something had to change when Captain Nathaniel had a variety show. <laughs> Captain and Tennille. All right. So, so where I'm going with this, Sarah, thank you, first of all, that you kept my interest. I mean, the whole time. Great breakdown, sir. Great breakdown. And I think that you make a point that the world has been unfair to her. I really do believe this. She probably did not know. Yeah. 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 And I think they talked her into thinking. Well, they gave her a number. You you got this clue. You had this clue. You had this clue. Yeah. 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 Like later on, you stack up. This is more about the interrogation, in my opinion. Right. So you've convinced me of that. I don't think she, she, and she competed well. Mm-hmm. I think she had a clear conscience that two days later. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, but here's the thing. We have a somebody in our family who is an avid fan of a particular college. And he, while he's watching that game, he goes crazy. And he'll say, I'm going to, I'd stomp him. I'd stomp him in the head. I'd stomp him right now. If I could get him to him, I'd stomp him right now. Well, I'm not going to turn him in. I don't think he's really going to go. I don't think go. that he's actually going to, yeah. And if he went and stomped the, stomped the other team's quarterback on the head, I'd go, my God, he said he was going to it. I think he would in a million yeah. years. And that's... <laughs> Yeah, and you, you're talking about a guy who has delusions of grandeur talking about something. Yes, and I know people like that. They in in in, my, in their mind, 
they're as grand as they say they are. They have those illusions. And, and so I think she missed the clues. But she's preparing for the freaking World Skating Championship. I'm sure she's not. She's not to, worried about the clues. Yeah, like that, yeah. That, yeah, you think about like the time leading up to that. She literally had like the championships. And then very shortly after, she had the uh, Olympics. And she like, was being mentally abused mm-hmm. at the minimum by her former I don't know if they were together at that time but her husband yeah you know you know what's interesting to me I worked offshore so you saw every Playboy penthouse that you know they were all out there but I didn't see this. This must have been. When is it? What year was this? This was uh, like 1994. Oh, yeah, okay. I was married. Mm-hmm. I was wondering why I had seen him because back then I would have seen it. It was, it was, it was just like they were sitting around. Yeah. Sitting yeah. Around, yeah. And so um, I was wondering why I hadn't seen it, but I have not seen that. Don't have a desire to. No, I don't either. Uh, but um, anyway, very, very interesting. And you did a good job with it because I think that at least you have to have an open mind. And, and and you have to think about this. It's, it's just what you said. That sport, if it were legit, and to, the, to those girls, it probably is legit. I think that that is a mental sport as much as anything. I've always said that. I, I think tennis rises to that mental. Yeah, yeah. They're all about the same ability, but some of them just can mentally do it, right? She wouldn't have been able to compete two days later if she had anything to do no, with I that. Doubt she would have been yeah. worried about getting caught. Mm-hmm. She'd have been, that would have been on her mind. Her mind would have been, oh, man, I'm going to jail. Like, especially yeah, during, like, I, interviews and stuff like that, it, it would just be like that. That would really build up to and, the way they're questioning her and everything. You know, I just knowing a lot of seeing a lot of this type of competition. Like I said, my son, there was a kid that could was doing out throwing him a lot at state. And the kid, I said, I don't think the kid's here. I texted him that. And he goes, he better be here. I want to beat him. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and he was. And he was saying, boy, I'm tired. So he gave him a five-hour energy because I don't want you tired. I want to beat you I mean, straight even, up. Even whenever they talk about like them going to the Olympics, she's whenever she was talking about Kerrigan going to the Olympics, she in her head, it seemed like, yeah, I know Kerrigan's going, and I'm going to kick her by it. Yeah, like, that's it was, what it, that was her mentality. Yeah, exactly. If she wouldn't have said that, that wouldn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, here's the other thing, though. Back then, we got to keep in mind, they had an excuse that they don't have today. Back then, they didn't have PJ's coffee. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, they didn't. Okay. And, and did they because do? that was just starting out in New Orleans, they were roasting it basically in a pan. But if the, if she had had PJ's coffee, all three, all three if they, I, I guarantee you, Nancy would have not gotten hit. That fella who was their bodyguard would have been a lot thinner. Yep. <laughs> More focused and, and more about less delusional. Less delusional. Probably her husband wouldn't have even been able to be in that environment because of the a peaceful, wonderful, uplifting aromas and great coffee, great tea, boosted tea, all natural Red Bull, and of course Zap chips breakfast, lunch, sandwiches, you know, he probably couldn't have even stayed there because it wouldn't have worked with his psyche. There you go. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. You know, next Monday, we'll see you Wednesday. Yeah. Excellent. Glenn. Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize because we have been taping out of order and I am really screwed up. But yes. I cleaned it up today. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for preparing so hard. Yes. And we appreciate you getting listeners and we'll be back Monday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.